is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial on in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. We'll take your calls about anything. That is the point of the program to get things started tonight. We mentioned this story over the weekend and never got to it. So here it is, azcentral.com. As conflicts between Maricopa County's Board of Supervisors and the Sheriff and county attorney escalated in 2009, rank-and-file county employees were plunged into a year-long emotional roller coaster. Oh, dear. Now, now sometimes you hear stories about the the various branches of government agencies kind of having little cat fights with one another. Yes. Sometimes you hear I can't that. get enough of that, really. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Sometimes <laughs> you hear that, but I've never heard it like this. The month's announcement, or this month's announcement, of a federal grand jury entering the fray brought county workers some relief and hope for an end to the extraordinary tensions. The grand jury is looking into allegations of abuse of power by Sheriff Joe Arpaio. Really? The guy who uh, puts his uh, inmates out in the hot sun in a uh, in a tent city in, in pink underwear? Oh, they're not, inter- uh, they're not uh, looking into that. I know, but uh, looking that, into that guy ab- might abuse his power? Like maybe right, he's right. got a power trip? You know, he's definitely abusing his power, but they're not going to bother researching what he's doing to uh, the poor human beings that uh, are called prisoners. They're only going to look into his dealings, from what I understand, with the bureaucrats. Well, the those county. are the those are the only humans that really count to the government. Right. So, uh, so they're looking into uh, Arpaio and his chief dep- uh, deputy, who's going to be a real thug, David Hendershot, because Arpaio's only going to get his ta- hands dirty into so much. Yeah. Right. Because he's Hendershot handles a lot more uh-huh. of the crap. You can believe that. In uh, and also in their the dealings, dirty dealings. They're looking into their dealings with judges and county officials. Now they wait to see what will happen. A cross section of county employees spoke, or as they wait to see what will happen, a cross section of county employees spoke with the Arizona Republic. Taking uh, talk, talking publicly for the first time about life inside the county offices. It's like it's a prison in a foreign country. Like. <laughs> During the political battles, lawsuits and arrests going on above them at the highest levels of county government. Most have little connection to the conflict. Still, their runaway fears were such that they worried that Arpaio's deputies would come after them as well. See, fear spiked in December 2008 when county administrators spent $10,000 of their own money. I'm kidding about that last part. But they did spend $10,000 to sweep county offices for illegal wiretaps. Can you imagine, Mark? Can you imagine if I just decided to say, Mark, I'm going to go into the AMP account. I think the federal government might have snuck a, a wiretap in here somewhere. <laughs> We're going to spend thousands of our amplifier dollars just to make sure that nobody's listening to us when we're not on the air. We would have a big, big, big issue about that. <laughs> I think it's but, off the air that we would have to worry about it, wouldn't it? That's what I, I mean, said, yeah, when we're not on the air, that they'd okay. be listening to us. Anyway, none were found. So they spent $10,000 to check for illegal wiretaps. And none were found. You know, if I was going to spend the $10,000, I'd make sure they found one. You know? <laughs> Rank and file I wouldn't workers want to look silly. still became terrified of possible surveillance lawsuits, uh, excuse me, surveillance lawsuits or even arrest. Arpaio's frequent retort to critics that the innocent had nothing to worry about did not allay their concerns. Unsure. Maybe they're not innocent. 
unsure what <laughs> or whom to believe, many county workers quit talking about sensitive matters on the telephone or in emails, even when using their personal home computers. Conversations in hallways and elevators stopped. Some even feared they would be arrested while pulling into the same parking garage where deputies took Supervisor Don Stapley into custody. Others worried even minor infractions, a chipped windshield, having a beer before driving home after work, would be an excuse for deputies to pull them over or arrest them. Well, they shouldn't do it then. One Superior Court judge moved meetings with her staff and other judges to the chamber restroom. The judges are are scared too. That's great. (laughs) This gives you some idea of who this man really is. He is an intimidating gangster. And now government people in general are just a big gang because they use coercive force over peaceful people. But Arpaio is one of the most visible examples of it taken to an extreme. Uh, So the Superior Court judge moved meetings with her staff and other judges to the chamber restroom, believing it would be a less likely spot for a listening device. I don't know. I, you know, they. Uh, it depends on the the gender. I, I, maybe it doesn't depend. I would. I, I don't see why they wouldn't be chatting in the restroom about uh, sensitive subjects. Working for a county. Maybe you often, turn the water on. Is that the idea? I uh, maybe like maybe. the old spy movies. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's great. Working for a county often at war with itself put employees on edge and stressed relationships with coworkers and spouses. Those poor things. Yeah. Worries then took hold or took hold at work immediately after the wiretap sweeps and grew through 2009 with each exchange among the sheriff, board, and county attorney. As a compensation super, uh, supervisor, Darren Ellison spends a lot of time researching money requests from the sheriff's office. In the course of his normal work over the past year, he denied two pay raise requests for high-ranking sheriff's office employee. Later, he thought uh, the thought crossed his mind several times that authorities might come after him. When he had to call the sheriff's staff, he assumed he was being recorded, saying, "Who knows what they uh, they would use from a conversation one of their empl- on one of their employees against me." Dexter Thomas is a senior management and budget analyst who works with the judicial branch's budgets. He loved his job, but then the easygoing atmosphere at work changed after wiretap sweeps around him on the tenth floor. Thomas wondered. Who might be spying on him? <laughs> he instructed his wife and daughter to never call him on his work phone. He stopped using email for personal matters. When colleagues copied him on chain emails, he asked to be removed from the distribution list in case authorities were reading his emails. You never know who's watching, said Thomas. You look over your shoulder before you push the button to the 10th floor. That much is true, though. I mean, if you work for government, really, you don't know who's watching, right? If you work for government, I don't know. Well, I mean, who's who's watching? If they decide they want Usually to get no rid of you, no one's watching you in government. You just no one's paying no, none any of the attention. citizenry. But uh, if if for whatever reason, even within the one, office, nobody cares. They're not watching one you. One group wants to wants to know about the other. I don't know if they can get a, get access to emails. Hey, get access to telephone records. Why why did your wife call you thirty seven times last month? He says he also doesn't talk to anyone anymore. Supervisor Max Wilson was once an Arpaio supporter, even volunteering for years as a member of Arpaio's volunteer posse program. But as the infighting intensified, so did Wilson's stress levels. He braced for his own arrest. His wife, like many county worker spouses, tensed up whenever sheriff's cars cruised through the neighborhood. Gee, that's how a lot of us feel. People around this country getting tense because uh, the police are nearby. Especially like in the rearview mirror. Yeah, now they know what it's like. 
Anyway, uh, you know, I, I was I was behind a police officer the other night, and they were going strangely slow, like 25 miles an hour in mm. I don't know something like a 30, 30, uh, you know, 35, 40 mile an hour zone. And I didn't know what to do. I was scared. I didn't want to just wow. zip around them. I didn't know what was going on. So I just kind of sat behind them. <laughs> it's sad how yeah. we, we cower. As the uh, infighting intensified, uh, excuse me, March 2009, Arpaio warned in a speech that Wilson, quote, better be careful on cutting my budget, unquote. Wilson took that as a threat and pulled in his chief of staff to talk about whether he should resign. Wilson stopped volunteering with the posse. Later, his son-in-law also turned in his posse member badge. Fear followed employees home. Many talked with their wives, husbands, and children to warn them that deputies might show up or follow them around town. Remember, even for bureaucrats, if the cops show up at your home, you don't have to talk to them. <laughs> if they want to come in, they'll come in. So you don't even have to answer the door. Just remember that. It's an important point. Marla Schofeld is a compensation analyst who studies salary data and the personal uh, and personnel information. At first, she doubted. That's a, is that a full-time job? Do most people have that? Most companies have a compensation analyst who studies salary data? I, I, I would think that it would be as uh, depend on the size of the company, guess, honestly. Yeah. This is Phoenix. We are talking about this. This, this is the county that has Phoenix in it. Yeah. Uh, and it's, a, it's not a small county to boot. At first, she doubted sheriff's deputies would ever have a reason to contact her. But then, the battles heated up over the county's decision to build the new court complex. Deputies showed up at her home twice one summer weekend to ask questions. We'll give you the rest of the story here in moments. A campaign of intimidation against their own government bureaucrats. Joe R. Pia, Sheriff of Maricopa County. We'll give you the rest here in moments. Take care of your calls as well about anything you want. It's Free Talk Live. It's time. Wake up. This is just in case you care. And yeah, I'm talking to you. That's my booklet of truth for the people of America and the wake up call for action to save our freedom. Get a copy for you and your friends at yamtalkingtoyou.com and get involved with saving our country. That's yamtalkingtoyou.com. If you want to be part of the solution, otherwise, just go back to sleep. You'll adjust to enslavement. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Hey, you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The brand new FTL 2.0 launched in 2010 and far more interactive, far more user-based. It's a site that focuses on what you want. Take a look freetalklive.com and I want to tell you about the Liberty Forum it, the schedule by the way for the Liberty Forum is almost complete I uh, went over there today and took a look you can really get a good rundown now a good idea of what's happening when in the event and uh, they've also announced another a new keynote speaker one of the uh, the state reps one of the more liberty oriented state reps from up here in New Hampshire will be, I believe, one of the uh, the keynote speeches. You know, it's amazing to hear some of our uh, state reps speak just because you don't expect politicians to say the things that some of them the, them say. So um, I think it's I think it's good for out-of-staters to hear them. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of speakers that have been scheduled. Go, in, go over to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. You can use our discount code. 
to get 10% off, use this code. It's FTL. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live. To get 10% off the Liberty Forum, it's happening March 18th through the 21st. It's going to be hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people all hanging out in the same hotel in Nashua, New Hampshire. It's a convention-style atmosphere, and it is a lot of fun. So during the day, it's panel discussions and uh, and speeches and that sort of thing. There's a dinner later, and then later there's uh, parties that go on late into the night. So it's an absolute blast. Uh, head on over, get registered, grab the rooms while you can in the hotel. Last year, they were sold out, as I recall. And They're going fast now. Seats right now for the Friday night dinner are very limited. This is the dinner with, uh, I believe, yeah, J- uh, Andrew Napolitano. You might know him as the judge from Fox News. So that is close to a salad just uh, just on its own, and there's just so much going to be going on. It's going to be a great time. Go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum and get yourself a reason to get the hell out, especially of where you are, especially if it's Maricopa County. We're talking about uh, the story from azcentral.com that is chronicling the situation between the sheriff, Sheriff Joe Arpaio, one of the most corrupt, scumbag thugs in the entire country and it's joe arpaio and his thug gang of police sheriffs versus the county bureaucrats they're I'm not, not just sure in- i can find a hero in this story right they're not just intimidating your average uh folk now now they're actually intimidating people within their own master rank he's real he's a real boss hog you know uh, so let me continue the story here. Uh, he's They're talking about different government, uh, county bureaucrats and what their stories are as far as what, uh, what happened to them and why they are uh, very intimidated here. So, uh, continuing. Marsha Schofeld doubted sheriff's deputies would ever have a reason to contact her. Then battles heated up over the county's decision to build a new court complex. Deputies showed up at her home twice one summer weekend to ask questions. Smart move on Marsha's part. She didn't, excuse me, Marla, she didn't answer the door. A deputy left his business card on her windshield just below a crack in the glass. Later, she went out for groceries and gas. She scanned the road and parking lots for sheriff's deputies. She worried the card was strategically placed to send her a message about the cracked windshield, a tactic to pull me over. She quickly had the crack repaired. Compensation supervisor. Repair the cracks in your windows, anyway. Darian Ellison and his family were away visiting in-laws last summer on the day deputies came to his house to question him. When he didn't come to the door, deputies talked to his boy. These bureaucrats sure do know how to handle those cops, don't they? (laughs) Well, you think they learned that? How do they? How do they figure that out? I mean, most uh, most most people don't understand that you can just ignore the police when they knock on your front door. No idea. Anyway, they asked about Ellison and his job at the county. Later, Ellison felt like some kind of suspicion had been cast on his family. Your neighbors obviously probably think that something has been done wrong, he said, asking how does anyone explain that it's just politics? Leanne Bone is a deputy budget director. She led last year's budget negotiations with the sheriff's office. Later, while she was out of town with her two daughters, sheriff's deputies questioned employees from her department. Her personal cell phone voicemail filled up with messages from workers asking for help. One employee was so rattled she could barely speak. Well, wait, why is this so intimidating? I thought these were professionals. They're out there to protect and serve. They're just doing their jobs. Why are they so scared? This is what you hired them for? From then on, Bone was extra careful about driving under the speed limit. She also took good care of her swimming pool so it didn't turn green and provide anyone an excuse to enter her property. 
<laughs> a green swimming pool gives somebody the right to enter your property? Maybe so. Welcome to America, man. There's more. As the conflicts continued through 2009, the months of fear at work and home <laughs> took its toll on county employees. Scott Isham chief of staff to, is the chief of staff to Wilson. He tried not to let the fear of arrest take hold of his family or staff. But as time went on, he also tried to be realistic. Isham called a criminal defense attorney for advice. He asked how much it would cost to get him out of jail. He put the attorney's phone numbers in his cell phone and business cards in his car. Regular after-work beers with his buddies ended. Isham told his wife to be careful. No U-turns. Never leave the kids in the car when returning videos. Who knows what they might call child endangerment. Kenny. That's a very, very real concern. I mean, (laughs) the stories that we've, uh, we've read on this on this show about what it is that the bureaucrats will call child endangerment are amazing. Absolutely. But what I think is most interesting about this story is that throughout it, after example, after example, after example of how these government bureaucrats are just frightened to death and so scared of what could possibly happen to them, what trumped up silly nonsense charges, you know, cracking the little crack in the windshield, uh, greenish Swimming pool, no U-turns. Leaving the kids in the car. Leaving the kids in the car. These are little things that are no big deal in uh, day-to-day life, but... When they feel like the pressure is on, as all of us do every day, they all of a sudden hop to it and uh, make sure they dot all their I's and cross their T's. Whereas in the absence of Joe Arpaio and just some normal county sheriff uh, that isn't so intimidating toward the county bureaucrats, they'd just shrug all this stuff off. It'd be no big deal. They're part of the privileged class. They can get away with all of this uh, normally. But now all of a sudden they're living life just like the rest of us little peons. I just find that particularly interesting. There's more. Kenny (laughs) Harris oversees construction of the county's court tower. It's the most expensive project in county history. A major point of contention between the warring factions of the county and the target of one of Arpaio's investigations. In December, Harris got a panicked call from his 70-year-old mother-in-law. Deputies had been at the door of their home. His two young daughters asked if he was in trouble. As a budget supervisor, Ryan Wimmer works on financial matters involving the sheriff and county attorney. Wimmer felt like a likely target. Early on, he didn't expect to be arrested or subpoenaed, but after Stapley's arrest, Wimmer had more restless nights. Then deputies came to his apartment with questions about the court tower project. Wimmer lay awake after that, wondering, how would he find an attorney? How would he pay for an attorney? Sometimes we yeah. <laughs> this is how everybody else feels when, uh, you know, these stupid uh, these stupid lawsuits or stupid criminal charges are brought against mm-hmm. uh, people because it zoning lawsuits and stuff like sure, that. Sure, it doesn't it didn't cost Arpaio anything to do these investigations against these people. But getting attorneys uh, for them, these people, it would be, you know, it's expensive. This is what it's like for every American every day. This is why you're scared to death of the police in this country. Yep. Because there's no responsibility for what they do. 800 259 31. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You ever been intimidated by the cops? Share your story. Free talk a lot. The highly anticipated new documentary, Reclaiming the Blade, featuring Viggo Mortensen, Carl Urban, John Rice davies and Star Wars legend Bob Anderson is now available at swordmovie.com. The number one movie on iTunes is now available on a two-disc set that includes hours of swordplay instructional videos, behind-the-scenes footage, exclusive interviews, and a documentary on the making of a real sword. Visit swordmovie.com today for your chance to win one of many real historical replica swords, as well as the wonderful Force FX lightsabers from Hasbro.
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. Live streams included. A broadband version of the show. A dial-up version as well. Plus, we've got a webcam and even the Free Talk Live listen lines that'll let you listen over any telephone anywhere as long as it can dial long distance. Get all the details and get tuned in over at listen.freetalklive.com. And at uh, and Free Talk Live has teamed up with Midas Resources. That's our syndicate. They own Genesis Radio Network uh, to bring you the best prices on gold and silver that uh, that we could find. Um, you know, I, I think that on the Internet, there's probably somewhere if you search high and low, maybe, you know, bid on 100 different auctions on eBay, you might get some prices that are slightly lower than uh, what we have at gold.freetalklive.com, but uh, you can pick up British Sovereigns, 20 francs, Lakota Nation, Silver Rounds. Uh, I, I'll bet you anything we have the lowest price in Lakota Nation, Silver Rounds. But uh, go check uh, the the rates there at gold.freetalklive.com before you buy any gold and silver. It's a great idea to have uh, you know silver and gold in your investment portfolio as a hedge against inflation, uh, a barter currency, or just uh, because they're going up. Uh, they've, they've had a little dip here recently, and it's probably a good time to buy at gold.freetalklive.com. The toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. We started out telling you the story from the Arizona Republic about the conflict, the internal conflict between bureaucracies in Maricopa County, which is a place that is essentially run by one man, uh, Joe Arpaio. If you're on his bad side, look out. And apparently a lot of people are. This man is just a, a violent threatening criminal who is ready to cannibalize the very people that essentially fund his operations. I mean, he's this is the most egregious example I've seen yet of bureaucratic infighting. He literally is going after and arresting uh, the bureaucrats in the, the, the county, and they are terrified of him. And it's hard for me to feel bad for them. You know, I, I don't really I don't really feel bad. I, and I want to empathize. I mean, I can empathize. Excuse me. I, I can empathize. I can feel as they are feeling, but I don't have sympathy for them. I don't feel sorry for them. These are people that, oh, maybe I should, because many of them are just people that are looking to get a job, right? I mean, most people that work for the government are just folks that want to get a nice paycheck and have a nice retirement. It's not that they necessarily relish uh, holding control and power over people's lives. Not all government bureaucrats are that way, so... Maybe I should feel a little bit sorry for some of the more underling types. How do you feel about this, Mark? Well, um, this harassment on the part of Joe Arpaio. I don't think that uh, most bureaucrats working for the government uh, tend to think that they're doing anything like working for a violent gang. I don't think they know that. Mm. Um, I think that here they feel like they're targets of a of a political thing, and um, you know that they shouldn't be targets. But I, I, I do know that, uh, that, you know, bureaucrats of every level will try to tell the police officers, say, when they get pulled over, hey, you know, I work for the city, the county, the yep. state, the whatever, in order to, to get out of whatever ticket they get. And I don't know how successful they are, but I suspect they're reasonably successful, some, somewhat successful. Mm-hmm. and Probably more so in the smaller towns. I'm just, just guessing. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that, you know, it just gives them a, a, a taste of what it's like to be – uh, in, in the sights of, of an organization of people that have a monopoly privilege on the use of violence, 
I'm not saying they don't have rules, but they have a monopoly privilege on that use, and they they police themselves, and there's no check and no check and no balance, and they don't have a legal. Uh, you know, legal responsibility for what it is they do. I mean, this is just an opportunity ripe for abuse, and I think that we get it in many uh, police organizations across the nation. I might even say most, just because I'm guessing. And now the county bureaucrats are feeling the the brunt edge of that uh, particular abuse. Is it wrong for me to relish in this? Do you think? I think that it's generally wrong to relish in, in these things, but I think it brings up a point. You, yeah. should, you shouldn't show your, how much you're relishing in it. How's that? It is very um, – there's a little bit of satisfaction that I'm gleaning from, uh, from reading these stories that these, I, I uh, these county bureaucrats are finally feeling what it's like to be amongst the common man. All right, we continue. Your calls about what you want. Lisa is in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Lisa. Hi. Um I, I just kind of came in on the last part of, of the show, but I was listening to you discuss um, people ha- when they have to get attorneys and how um, expensive it is. Mm-hmm. And I, I just kind of wanted to mention that here in Austin, we have um, a, a show here called ruleoflawradio.com. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm currently studying uh, the, the program that, that um, they have a show called Jurisdictionary. And it was actually written by a lawyer. I think he put it out in 1998, and uh, it's about a four-CD set. And it's uh, the website's jurisdictionary.com, but it's really a great program, and it kind of empowers people, and it they say it's easy enough for an eighth grader to learn. But the, the reason I wanted to call is to say people should look into it because I think if people would educate themselves about the rule of law, which we're not taught in school, um, and try to understand how the system operates, it actually empowers people so they're not feeling so helpless and, um, you know, don't know what their rights are. Um, have you tried this jurisdictionary program before? Yeah, I have, have, have it. I'm studying it. I'm studying it. Is it, it easy I mean, enough for an eighth grader yeah, to learn? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. And, and um, you can go on the jurisdictionary.com website. Um, and Dr. Graves actually does a program every Monday night um, at ruleoflawradio.com here. In, it, he's in Florida, but it's the, the radio program's in Austin. And I think he's on from 6 to 8 every Monday night, uh, Central Standard Time. Well, I've been but, looking you know, into it, so um, yeah, I, I, I intend to you know look into it. I've been looking into it a bit, and uh, hopefully we can uh, it's, get Dr. Graves on here for an interview. It's one of those things hey. that, uh, as I understand it, is it's intended to help you kind of defend yourself, right? Yeah. Well, exactly, and, and not only that, I think it's just to start being able to learn where, like if you get a ticket or if you, you know, if a policeman isn't isn't uh, operating, you know, on the up and up, maybe you don't go to jail that night, but you have the ability to, you know, know how to go look up your file, go look up the case. You, you gain knowledge by not feeling so intimidated mm-hmm. by how the court system's run, and the, the problem right now is that there are a lot of, really corrupt judges and so if you if you can learn about about how this system operates and if you do listen to some of the shows or go listen to the archives at rule of law um they even have a great show on friday nights from uh eight to midnight um you can really we wouldn't want anyone to to go and listen to that because that's on during our show but thank you for the call (laughs) tonight i appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231 
That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, but, you know, maybe you can listen to their podcast or something. Uh, so bring up whatever's on your mind. We continue with Mike listening in Alaska. Mike, you're on Free Talk uh, yeah. Live. Yeah. Mike, where are you uh, calling from in Alaska, if I might ask? Uh, Eagle River. Okay. What's on your mind tonight? Um, yeah, I've, uh, I've been trying to find work here, and I've been looking for a while. And the TSA is hiring. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking that, uh, well, I applied to them, but I was thinking that, well, maybe it'd be okay because security for airports would exist with or without the TSA. But uh, if I did work for them, I wouldn't be uh, the bullies that they are. Um, so I'm what? wondering if that's okay. Yeah, well, um, I, I, this is okay, I guess. Um, George works for them. We got a caller, a regular caller to this show that uh, that works for the TSA in DC of all places, and he's a he's a nice guy. Yeah, this is my my thought process on it. Um, it is a you know, it's a it's a job that. I can see why people would have a difficult time, you know, that the Believe in Liberty would have a difficult time doing, but it's a job that's going to be done, and, you know, it, it can be done in a way that is uh, kinder to people, and it can be done in a way that, uh, you know, is, is, you know, more sticking as best you can to uh, the Constitution and people's rights and things like that. So I, you know, I got to say that I'd, I'd prefer to see you in there if you believe in liberty than somebody else. Hey, Mike, if you do end up in there, uh, be sure to give us some of the stories about the insanities of bureaucracy. And uh, and by the way, good news coming for listeners in the Anchorage area, which is where Eagle River is. Thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Can't quite break the news on that one yet, but it's coming up. Free Talk Live. Help Free Talk Live via the AMP program for just $3 per month, and you'll get access to exclusive call-in lines, a chat room, and a forum at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark, join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are free. So enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is that you're looking to buy, it's likely they sell it over at amazon.freetalklive.com. And you'll get a great deal. Uh, Free Super Saver shipping on a whole lot of their brand new items. You can even buy used if you want to. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Start your shopping experience there. Now, earlier uh, in this show tonight, we were talking about Sheriff Joe Arpaio, and he is a intimidating character. He's in charge of the Maricopa County Sheriff's Department, which makes him the so-called highest law enforcement officer in the entire uh, uh, political designation known as Maricopa County. And he's been not only uh, just imprisoning people at a record clip, to the point where he has to build tents out in the Arizona desert to hold people. They call it Tent City. And so they've actually, fi- I don't know how long they've had their jail filled for, uh, but it, it's long, it's been a long time that Tent City has, uh, has been around. And they just put, you know, poor people in there and make them poorer. And uh, just like most jails and prisons do around the country. But he does it to, uh, to an extreme, he takes it to a level that has, I think, heretofore never been reported. If there are other sheriffs as bad as Sheriff Joe Arpaio around the rest of the country, we just haven't heard about them. 
I'm not saying that there aren't more sadistic, twisted sheriffs out there. I'm certain that there are some. But not with a PR machine like Arpaio's. Yeah, yeah, this guy is well known. And uh, the employees of the county itself are frightened to death of this character. Uh, So I just thought it was interesting. If anybody's out there in Maricopa County and you want to share what's going on these days, uh, because the shenanigans never stop. Uh, If you are a political opponent of Sheriff Joe Arpaio, prepare to be targeted. So when they say, and and they in the uh, the political system, they say things like, well, if you don't like it, you can uh, leave or you can run for office. You're better off leaving Maricopa County because this guy actually gets reelected. I mean, he is so he is so much an obvious gangster, but yet nonetheless, he has significant support, or at least so uh, so it seems. He's either got significant support or people that will count the votes in his direction. Well, because he gets reelected time and time again. The, there, you know, there, there's a a philosophy out there that uh, that states that be if if you treat people in prison badly enough, they won't uh, commit any more crimes. Right. Yet they continue to fill up Tent City. Well, and uh, you know, it it stems from probably a logical um, you know idea, which is that if uh, if you keep somebody locked up who has shown themselves to be a dangerous, violent individual, at least for you know their youth then they're unlikely to get out and commit more crimes. Uh, and that, that much is true, and there's statistics on that. I'm not saying that I think it's the, the very best way to handle criminal justice, and I think that uh, you know, we, could, we could talk about at some point uh, you know, how better to do that. But um, it's it's largely ineffective to make a prison better or worse. Uh, j- just look at Canada. Their crime rate's better than the United States, and their jails and prisons are significantly nicer. They have their Is that own, true? Yeah, they have their own TVs in their cells if they Jeez. want them. All kinds of things. They're, you you can't make people not do what you want them to do by punishing them terribly in prison. Yeah. It's just not successful. Um, I mean, you, <laughs> you could do that if you want to do it, but you're not going to be successful in, in making it. Um, making them better people. The idea that you can take bad people, put them into a bad place with, with a bunch people. of other bad people, and then treat them all very, very badly, yeah. and then expect those people to get out and act good is pretty short-sighted, juvenile, and sadistic, as far as I can tell. Absolutely. And people like Joe Arpaio, the the people like Joe Arpaio are attracted to these positions. Joe Arpaio is a sadist. He is a sicko. He's a psychopath. He is a madman, and there is no check against this guy. Okay, there's an election however many years that they have the election down there, but that's all there is. And the people that run against Joe Arpaio, I mean, there are people in the media who uh, write articles about Joe Arpaio. They get targeted. There are people that yeah. there are people that uh, that Bloggers, will run against just him. People, yeah, people that say bad things about him on the internet get targeted. That he goes after anybody who he considers to be a threat uh, to his power. So it's just a, what's happening in Maricopa County. How do you deal with that? How do you handle that situation? I mean, we are so fortunate here in uh, New Hampshire. I mean, though you and I moved here for part of, as part of the Free State Project uh, over three years ago at this point. We're fortunate that there are hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented uh, activists coming in here and getting active for freedom in various different ways through civil disobedience, through uh, politics and that kind of thing. But the, the kind of people that we're dealing with in the police departments, at least – Nobody has said to me anything about them coming close to the level of a Joe Arpaio. How do you handle that? 
What what does one do about someone like Joe Arpaio besides, you know, get out? How, how else do you handle that? Well, I, the, the, as I understand it, there's some nice things about living in Phoenix, and maybe they just, you know, they maybe they just think it's it's worth it um, that they can manage to duck under the radar long enough, um, you know, smoke their pot and or whatever it is that they do um, that might bring the the law upon them in secret. And well, okay, ducking under the radar to me. That's not really what I was looking for, but I, I see what you're saying, and I'm sure that's what most people in Maricopa County do uh, that could be caught for something is is fly under the radar. I'm talking about doing something about it. I mean, looking at the human tragedy that is Joe Arpaio and his police department and Tent City and all of the other uh, you know detritus that he's scattered about as he's gone if, and if you de- mounted, destroyed people's lives. If you mounted a campaign against him, just against his you know human rights abuses or things like that, my God, they'd come after you like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, I know, and and I don't know what would happen. I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. I'd get out of there. I agree. That's why I think the most sensible approach to achieving liberty is to get together with other people. And you know what? By the way, the uh, the Free State Project's counter is getting darn close to ten thousand. Yeah. I think there's a very good chance that uh, that the counter could hit ten thousand by the Liberty Forum, which I think it'll be a, that'll be a nice little piece of synergy, right? Like uh, that the the counter happens to it's good roll over to ten thousand during the Liberty Forum. But you know what? Since we're uh, we're on the topic of corruption, I'd just like to remind you, and it's been a while since we've done some corrupt cop stories, just to remind you, it's not just Maricopa County. The story, according to StopTheDrugWar.org, in Camden, New Jersey, the FBI is investigating corruption in a special operations team handling drugs and gun crime. Four officers are involved who've been suspended without pay are Jason Stetzer, Antonio Figueroa, Kevin Perry, and Robert Bayard. They're suspected of beating defendants, planting drugs, and bringing phony charges to enhance their arrest records and force reluctant players in the drug underworld to cooperate. Drug charges made by the rogue cops have already been dropped in seven cases, and defense attorneys say dozens if not hundreds more could be dismissed. The group generated a pattern of complaints of mistreatment and illegal behavior. In one case, a victim complained that Stetzler, or Stetzer harassed him to become a snitch, then planted drugs on him and arrested him when he refused. In other cases as well, suspects said the officers stole money and drugs during searches or planted drugs on sus- suspects who refused to cough up information on dealers and their stashes. So common uh, tactics from the drug squads in various police departments across the country. Intimidation, uh, setting people up if they don't go along this with This is an uh, isolated incident here. We're talking about this particular department. <laughs> if you think that these are isolated incidents, all you yeah, need to I'd do... I'd like to share a story. Um, for those uh, longtime listeners of the show, you know that I was in prison for nine years. Yeah. And so I dealt... And, and as a matter of fact, in that prison, most of the time I spent as a um, as, as the guy who did like the convenience store in the prison for the guards. The canteen. Yeah, the canteen operator for the, the staff canteen operator. And um, my boss there, a sergeant, um, said that, you know, I, I had a, plenty of opportunities to sit in an office and just talk with the guy. And I asked him about, you know, planting stuff on inmates and things like that. And this is just the word of one law enforcement officer saying, and, and by the way, a pretty good one, you know, from, from my estimation. I kind of liked him, at least. He was personable. He said, yeah, I planted stuff on people that I couldn't catch just because wow. I knew that they were bad and they'd done stuff and I needed to be able to get them. You know, I wanted to be able to get him, so he did Quite it. Quite an admission. Yeah. 
You know, and it, I, if if this guy who I consider to have been personable and yeah. likable and that whatever, you're not talking here about some evil dude. At least I didn't perceive perceive him that way. You know, that's what he claimed to have done. I can only imagine how many have done the same sort of thing. In Earlville, Illinois, an Earlville police officer was arrested last Friday for delivering an unspecified amount of marijuana to a person who was an informant for the local Trident t- uh, Drug Task Force. Officer Javier Fuentes is charged with felony drug possession and office official misconduct. According to Trident, Fuentes drove an Earlville police car to deliver the weed to a house in town. He was arrested when he drove back to the police department. More weed was found in his vehicle, and so was clonazepam. Fuentes is looking at two to five years for the official misconduct and one to three years for the felony possession of marijuana. There's more coming up here. 800-259-9231 plus a, tr- a a really exciting announcement from the CD Evolution Fund. We'll tell you about it coming up. Money talks, and it sounds just like Jim Cramer. I'm Cramer. Money talks, and sometimes it shouts when the results speak for themselves. Investors worldwide follow Jim Cramer's advice on TV, in books, and on websites like thestreet.com. And whether the market's up, down, or sideways, Jim's always hunting down a bull market. And now you can follow Cramer's portfolio at getcramer.com. Okay, here's how it works. Every time I buy or sell, I will email you ahead of time. Did you hear me? Ahead of time. It's like, if you can read, you can read my mind. My portfolio, fueled by my great research, is designed to deliver success. And I'll share it with you at GetKramer.com. Today, you can sign up for two weeks of free access to Kramer's Picks and Portfolio. Just go to GetKramer.com and enter code word FREE. GetKramer.com free today. Go to GetKramer.com. Code word free. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Get new features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Also, some big news coming up from the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. And it's about time we heard some big news from uh, the folks over there. And when I say the folks, I'm, I'm pointing at us because we're on the uh, the board of directors. But we're going to hold off on that announcement here until uh, until the appropriate time. It will come out tonight, though. I guarantee that. Uh, so 800-259-9231. Let's change gears here a little bit, Mark, and talk about pop culture. Instead of all this cop corruption, there's plenty of cop corruption stories out there. But let's talk about Dungeons and Dragons. Does that even count as pop culture? I think it's uh, you know formerly pop culture. I mean, is anything? Is it too geeky to be pop culture? Does can can you have something? Because, yeah, I think you, geeky is is pop culture. Sure. Okay. Okay. I, I don't I don't think that you and I have any business talking about pop culture because we're so unplugged. But um, this is you know kind of from my generation, less so yours. And uh, it's it's not about Jun- Dungeons and Dragons, the role playing game that uh, used to turn kids' minds into Jello and uh, you know uh, sa- satanic zombies back in the. Uh, early 80s but um this is about the the cartoon show which no one could make that claim about this was just a regular saturday morning cartoon and it's this is written it's a blog post of some sort from the uh the guy like the guy who wrote it or something 
By I'm the way, just, popular culture, contemporary lifestyle and items that are well-known and generally accepted, cultural cultural patterns that are widespread within a population. So I would say D&D is fairly well-known yeah. and widespread. It's from the uh, povonline.com. That, uh, by, it's, a, it's a blog by Mark Ev- Evanier, uh, I guess is who is the, the author of, of this. So um, it says Dungeons & Dragons was a series about six kids who were teleported to a dimension filled with wizards and fire-snorting reptiles and cryptic clues and an extremely evil despot named Venger. The youngsters were trapped in this game-like environment, but fortunately they were armed with magical skills and weaponry, the better to foil Venger's insidious plans each and every, every week. week. Yep. Yes. <laughs> the kids were all heroic, all but a semi-heroic member of their troop named Eric. Eric was a whiner, a complainer. Mm-hmm. A guy who didn't like to go along with whatever the others wanted to do. Usually he would grudgingly agree to participate and it would always turn out well. And Eric would be glad he joined in. And he was the one thing that I didn't really like about the show. Remember, this is the writer. The writer, okay. So why, you may wonder, did I leave him in there? Answer, I had to. Hmm. As you may know, there are those out there who attempt to influence the content of children's television. They call Parents them, Television Council, anyone? They call them parents' groups, although many are not comprised of parents, or at least <laughs> not of folks whose primary interests are as parents. Hmm. Study them and you'll find a wide array of agendum at work. And yeah. I think that's used properly. Yeah. Um, anyway, I suspect that... He's a writer, I would hope so. In some cases, they stated goals. their stated goals are far from their real goals. Nonetheless, they all seek to make KidVid more enriching and redeeming, at least by their definitions, and at the time they had enough clout to cause the networks to yield. Consultants. Right. Not not they they don't want it so much to where they could actually go and create their own cartoon. Yeah. They just want to push their way and their values. They just want on to tell other people else. what to do. And right. that's and that's how these things go. Consultants were brought in and we, the folks oh, who boy. were writing cartoons, were ordered to include certain pro-social morals in our shows Hmm. at the time the dominant pro-social moral was as follows this is going to really upset you ian the group is is, from the 1980s uh the 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 post is actually from the late 90s um this blog post but Mm -hmm. the the show is from the 80s got it the group is always right the complainer always wrong Ooh, yeah i don't like it already this was the message of (laughs) way too many 80s cartoon shows if uh, all of your friends want to go to a pizza uh, to get pizza and you want a hamburger you should blow the uh, bow to the will of the majority and get the pizza with them there was even a show for one season on cbs called the get along gang Which was dedicated unabashedly to the same principle. And it, and each, it lasted one season. <laughs> each week, whichever member of the gang didn't get along with the gang learned the error of his or her ways. Mm. We You'll were, do as we tell you. We were focused, uh, forced excuse me, to uh, learn, insert this lesson into D&D, which is why Eric was always saying, I don't want to do that, and paying for his social recalcitrance. I thought it was forced and repetitive, but I especially objected to the lesson. I don't believe you should always go along with the group. What about thinking for yourself? What about developing your own personality and viewpoint? Well, these groups didn't want that. What What about doing things that you decide they're right, um, they're the right thing to do, not because the majority ruled and you got outvoted? We weren't allowed to teach any of that. We had to teach hmm. kids to join gangs and then to do whatever the rest of the gang wanted to do 
Hey everybody! Indoctrination doesn't stop at the the high school at the the high school yeah, or, or wow. a public school level. It is everywhere, and the, you could you insidious. This this is the writer of a Saturday morning cartoon show, and he claims that the industry was rife with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not he lost telling his you this. Job. This is not mean. He did not. Um, this is he would have lost yes. his job. This is not me telling you some conspiracy theory about how the Bilderbergers or whatever are trying to control your kids. This is the writer of a Saturday morning cartoon show mm-hmm. saying that there are interest groups out there that at, at the at least at the time, and I think that you would be foolish to uh, to just assume that they went away. That they got tired of telling if anything, parents how they should raise their kids and, and indoctrinating your children. I, I haven't watched cartoons recently, but as of the last decade, the times I saw them, for whatever reason, happened to encounter Saturday morning cartoons. They've become even more politically correct over time. I don't have any idea. I mean, I remember like Captain Nature or something like that. Yeah, the Captain e- Planet. Cap- Captain Nature and the Eco Squad or whatever, yeah. the, whatever the nonsense was. I never watched that one. I, I, yeah, it, it, it was too too much for me anyway it was and i was i think i was too old for that one so he goes on what a stupid thing to teach children now i don't want to uh make the leap to change uh that leap to, uh, to charge the gang activity of the uh, crips and bloods varieties increased on account of these programs that in um, that influential i don't believe the cartoon show could have ever been i just think that pro-social message is bogus and ill-conceived end of confession um, and then he goes on to uh, an, an interesting little bit here that I'm going to include. He says, that leaves us with the urban legend that I wish to dispel about Dungeons and Dragons, the cartoon, the Saturday morning cartoon. Mm-hmm. Here's the truth of the matter. In bold type, no less, there was no final episode of Dungeons and Dragons. Um, let me be more specific. There was a final episode in the sense that they stopped making them, but there was not an episode wherein the kids thought that they'd gotten home. Um, they, they, they thought that they had gotten home, but they actually didn't. There was no final episode in the sense of uh, doing one wherein the kids finally vanquished Venger and returned home from mm. a magical dimension, thereby ending the series. I'd love to have done one, and I even had some ideas about what it might have encompassed, but the way the network uh, animation deals work, when, you're last, um, when you do your last episode, you almost never know know that it's your last episode and mm. that was the case here about once a week on the internet someone asks where they can get the a copy of this episode and i usually drop them a little e-dote uh, telling them that there it was never made half the time they write back and give me an argument that they saw it they know that it existed <laughs> and that i'm wrong one even wrote you only started the show you're not an authority on how it ended you don't think this uh, you would you'd think this would disturb me but it doesn't as stated i was was worried that uh, the pro-social message of the show might actually have impregnated someone with groupthink. It's nice to see that some um, some of its viewers are still able to think for themselves, even if, in this case, they're, they're wrong. dead wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I, I just thought I thought that was interesting, because I'll bet there are people listening right now that believe that there was a final episode of uh, Dungeons and & Dragons. And, well, and the message the he was talking about didn't say that you couldn't think for yourself. It just said you just had to go along with what everybody else wanted. Indeed, right? uh, that you know your idea stinks if it is not shared by the group. Yeah. If you're not able to, boy, that's dangerous. Yeah, it is. If you're not able to, for whatever ver- way, reason, verbalize uh, your message to the point where you get the group, whatever your peer group is, on board, then uh, you know, I, uh, you, 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 it's no good. It, it, it's um, it reminds me of one of the psychological studies that was done, and I don't know uh, who did it. But it involves people drawing straws and comparing the lengths of them. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also one that uh, involves color, but I think the straw length one is probably the most 
uh, useful one because people can be colorblind. So I'll tell you a little bit more about that here in a moment and how it ties in here. We'll also take your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. Free Talk Live. Do you remember the old Libertarian Party back when it was centered around the non-aggression principle? The LP used to serve as an educational vehicle, turning the public on to liberty through the electoral process and bringing activists together to further their own understanding of the philosophy. It was also the main feeder organization for the larger movement. We want to bring that LP back. Join the Libertarian wing of the Libertarian Party and help restore the party of principle. Visit TakeBackTheLP.info. That's TakeBackTheLP.info. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mike. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And they include our Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo and show they are indeed listeners of Free Talk Live. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's, oh, validated videos are option two. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. And while you're poking around the Free Talk Live web, uh, website, go to tiger.freetalklive.com, and you can see the Tiger Light is a personal defense system. It's a flashlight with an integrated pepper spray in it that's uh, ergonomically molded to your hand, and you can carry carry it with you anywhere and have a personal protection device that uh, you know might not be a you know where a handgun wouldn't be allowed. You'd be able to carry the Tiger Light, and a handgun wouldn't be appropriate. You could carry the Tiger Light, and it has the stopping power of a handgun at close range. Check out tiger.freetalklive.com and see more. And there's a special rate for Free Talk Live listeners over there. Tiger.freetalklive.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Last night, we had a uh, an extended edition of the program. That means that we ran the show longer than our normal uh, radio show runs. And uh, we went internet only. And, of course, that means the FCC uh, was no longer with us. And so we had a... Weren't we going to talk about straws, drawing straws? You're right about that. I just got a call in, so I got uh, got dis- distracted by that. Well, what do you want to do? Uh, we'll talk about the straw thing in a bit. Okay. Uh, I've got a note, so I won't forget about okay, it. Okay, good. Uh, so anyway, last night we had this extended edition, and things got a little bit explicit uh, on the extended edition. We had a couple of lady listeners call in who are into a, uh, a scene, if you will, a sexual interest that is a little, I don't know, to my understanding, unusual. Maybe it's more popular than I think it is. I don't know. But it's called uh, BDSM. And they were talking about domination and uh, submission. And I want to make sure that uh, we apparently we have another call that wants to continue this topic. So obviously we're on the radio at this point. We do have to uh, be as uh, as clinical as, uh, as possible in this discussion. Jeff is on the line in New Hampshire, and you're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Line. Hello, Jeff. Yeah, hi. Hey, Jeff. What's um, on the line? So- yeah, I just I think like a lot of people, uh, I probably and definitely enjoyed the show last night on the extended edition talking about BDSM and I guess as a free stater who's into BDSM, um, I thought it was nice where it was just kind of normalized and talked about in a uh, regular fashion. So I'd uh, recommend that to people who didn't get a chance to listen to it. Yeah, they can go and pick that up on our website at freetalklive.com. But what were your thoughts? Um, so Mark said something about um, basically when Lindsay was talking about um, one of her experiences and um, the guy sort of left after he had gotten his part of the um, evening taken care of, so to speak, 
Um, and Mark sort of normalized that by saying something like most guys, I guess once they've sort of um, had their sexual fulfillment, um, don't really care about their partner uh, having the same reciprocity. And I'm just, I just like, I was a little shocked by that, and I'd like to, to get you with that. I think um, most of the guys I know don't feel that way, and I thought you guys sort of normalized that a little bit on the air. Oh, well, I don't feel that way. I don't know if it was you guys. I said that uh, when it comes to, to uh, my beliefs as far as sexual encounters, I think that it's not any fun if the uh, the other if my partner doesn't uh, get hers. I think, um, well, I, I agree with you on that, that, that end of it, Ian, but, you know, at the same time, I think I don't have any statistics, I, and I don't know where they are, but I suspect they support uh, my end of the equation, which is... Men are pigs. Ladies. I I'm not going to say right. that. I think you're right. I'm not going to say that. I'm going the to dogs. say that, you know, ladies, if, if <laughs> you know, in the, uh, in, in, in the timeline of things, you need, to, uh, you need to get what's coming to you before you uh, give, give them what's coming to them. And I think that a good guy holds off until he... Um, you know, until it's his his turn, as it were, in order to uh, you know make things happen properly. But I suddenly once uh, once I've completed my end of the arrangement, I just don't have nearly the interest uh, that I did moments before. Hmm. I guess that might be true for some people. I feel like I don't know. Um, for me, it's like almost as much fun uh, to pleasure the other person as it is to you know sort of enjoy the experience yourself. So. I guess, different strokes for different folks. So to speak. Jeff, any other thoughts you want to uh, share with us tonight? Um, yeah, that was basically it. You know, I think that just uh, it sounded a little bit misogynist. And in a, in a, as a fellow free stater who, uh, you know, recognizes there's a bit of a gender deficit in our uh, freedom movement, I didn't want to sort of turn women off by uh, seeming like that was a mainstream idea, I guess. Fair enough. I uh, I don't know how mainstream it is. It's just Mark here behind uh, the microphone. Uh, <laughs> just making I, statements, right? I, I can see what he's saying. I think I understand what he's saying. You're just saying that uh, once uh, the guy has gotten his, you're saying that you believe that there are a number of guys that are less interested in just continuing anything at that point. Uh, I, I can understand where you're coming from. For me, if something like that were to happen, uh, I would feel terrible and I would want to make sure that I did whatever it took to, uh, to satisfy the lady. So... I guess, you know, it just all depends. Good to hear. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate the call tonight. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, because if the lady ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Oh, I concur with that. All right. We'll continue here. Uh, okay, so uh, straws. And I, I didn't bother looking uh, on the Internet to find out what this study was, but it's an interesting one. And it involves getting people together uh, into a group, the uh, the test subjects, if you will. Except they're only actually in the group of people, and I don't know how big the group has to be, but a group. Uh, So let's just say four or five. In this group of people, four out of the five are confederates, in that the four out of the five are in on the study. They are part of the study. It's their job to act, though, as though they are test subjects. Got it? So... The they get them all together in the same room and they have them draw straws. And now the straws are uh, and I don't know if it's all the straws are clearly different lengths, but at least one of the straws is of a uh, of a different length from uh, from the other ones. And they have them all draw the draw straws and then compare lengths of the straws. And all of the Confederates, the fakers, are instructed to tell to speak out loud that yes, they are all the same length even when it's quite clear that they are not all the same length. 
I mean, you'd have to be blind to not <laughs> notice that one straw is longer than the other straws. Right. right? And, and this is it's an interesting experiment. The idea of making, you know, get, getting a group together and telling essentially everybody and uh, there was only one test subject in the group. Right. Correct. And then, then the rest of the group is ringers. Yeah. So getting a group together and of, of actors, I would assume <laughs> people that are very yep. good at this and then trying to convince someone that they see something that they know that they don't see. You don't have to do much trying, apparently. I don't, you know, it would be interesting uh, if somebody could send the information on or call in with the actual details as far as what the statistics were, the results of the study. But a surprising amount, uh, a surprising amount of the test subjects, when faced with a, gr- with a room full, the peer pressure of people who he considered to be at the same level as him, of people saying, yeah, all those straws are the same length. And then when it came around the table and it got to the the actual test subject, they then asked him, well, how do you see this situation? And a surprising number of those people said they're all the same length, even though they clearly weren't, because they wanted to go along with the program. They didn't want to be the odd man out. They wanted to go along to get along. So it's it's incredible the uh, the amount of peer pressure that uh, that people can have, and so this ties into the discussion we were having about the D and D program, which was indoctrinating people with this similar mindset of well, whatever the group says, you should go along with. This is how dangerous it can be. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Are you giving candy again this year for Valentine's Day? Get creative, man. That's what shows women you care. This year, get her Georgia's famous baklava. It's Osborne approved. Walnut baklava with 50 layers of melt-in-your-mouth phyllo. All of the ingredients are premium and all-natural. That's why it tastes so good. Shipped in a special container, priority mail, so it gets to you fresh and delicious. Order by February 10th to make sure you have it in time for Valentine's Day at mandrik.com. M-A-N-D-R-I-K.com. No C in there. Mandrik.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. And that is freetalklive.com. And uh, those features on the site, by the way, do include our bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts. You can get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners, uh, but be warned, you can find something offensive there. Maybe more than something. A whole bunch. Anyway, bbs.freetalklive.com. It's virtually unmoderated is the point I'm trying to make. So uh, it could be uh, serious issues, could be ludicrous nonsense at bbs.freetalklive.com. There's certainly both of those there. The public school system sucks off the productive capacity of hardworking people. And whether government education succeeds or fails, spoiler alert, it fails. At providing real education to the public, the cost goes up and up year after year. And there are no refunds. Oh, yeah. And it also destroys individualism and curiosity. School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of public education. You can visit SchoolSucksProject.com to learn more. That's SchoolSucksProject.com. And by the way, I was on the FreeStateProject.org slash Liberty Forum site today, and I noticed that Brett, the host of School Sucks Podcast, will be one of the speakers at the Liberty Forum, which I think is pretty cool because he's a cool guy. 
at least from what I can tell. I've, I've actually co-hosted one of his shows with him, and it was a lot of fun. So 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You're welcome to call, comment on anything we've talked about so far tonight. Uh, otherwise, I'm going to move on here to lourockwell.com, where uh, Kirkpatrick Sale is writing. And the top story at the Lou Rockwell site today is secession is in the air. I don't know if you've noticed it, says Kirkpatrick, but secession is in the air. Ah, another interruption. Speaking of secession, the guy from the Vermont secession movement, yes. uh, Thomas Naylor, I believe is his name, mm-hmm. is also going to be a speaker at the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Oh, neat. So that's pretty cool. I look forward to that. Yeah. First of all, a fellow named Bill Miller has started a new website, secessionnews.com. It's a Drudge Report-like compilation of anything connected with secession across the land and around the world. Actually, it doesn't look anything like Drudge Report. It just looks like a blog. But nonetheless, I added it to my blog aggregator. (laughs) Uh, It's an extraordinary endeavor and reflects a great deal of talk about interest in separatism and independence these days. Miller, a retired computer engineer, has undertaken this, he says, because he has a passionate interest in getting Americans to understand that secession is a legitimate and honorable political strategy. Increasingly, it seems, they, that is the Americans, are listening. A regular contributor to the Miller site is Russell Longcore, who started up a new site of his own, the bluntly named DumpDC.com. Longcore, who seems to have insurance and publishing businesses uh, in Georgia, writes long and vigorously about secession in his fairly regular posts. Secession, he says, is on the lips of many Americans today. When they look at a federal government that is spinning wildly out of control, state secession begins to have an allure as a remedy. America has gone from a nation of sovereign states with a carefully defined federal government to a nation where states are but subservient territories of a rapacious, tyrannical ruling entity that entirely ignores any restrictions on its power. I'd say that's a pretty accurate statement. Yeah, I like it. His site, DumpDC.com, figures to to do something about that. Now, last December, another new voice was added to the cause from something called AttackTheSystem.com that considers itself to represent the radical left. It argued that secession should be supported because it was the best way to bring down the American empire and all that it stands for, including its support for corporate capitalism, longtime goals of the traditional left. Vermont liberals of the Sanders persuasion should take a look at it. Uh, There's a story there called Why the Radical Left Should Consider Secession. In January, one notable event carried by the AP to the lengths of the land was the launch of the campaign by Dennis Steele and Peter Garitano for an independent Vermont. We told you about this last week. Uh, But you know that. You might not have known that another secession campaign or something very close to it was launched just before that in Texas, where the Texas nationalist movement uh, announced in its uh, announced its support for the Ron Paul Republican candidate for governor, Deborah Medina. She is in line with the core beliefs of our organization, it said, and she believes that the people of Texas should vote on the issue of independence, which is a core Texas nationalist movement demand. Also, the January... It, in January, the invaluable website TenthAmendmentCenter.com, Mark, you did an interview with those folks. Yeah, good folks. Began tracking the number of legislatures coming back into session this year and considering bills to reassert their sovereignty and Tenth Amendment rights. By the end of January, resolutions were introduced in 11 states. Last year, Tenth Amendment resolutions were introduced in 33 states, passed in both houses in five, and were okayed by governors in two. The movement looks to be gaining some momentum again. In February, that movement held a Tenth Amendment summit in Atlanta, assembling state representatives and candidates from across the country for a one-day closed meeting on strategies. And next day, hearing presentations from Judge Napolitano, the Fox commentator, and Ray McBerry, a secessionist candidate for Georgia governor. 
Also, in February, there took place a remarkable conference boldly announced as on nullification, secession, and the human scale of political order in Charleston, South Carolina. Maybe the first ever large-scale scholarly conference on secession open to the public. It featured many leading secessionist scholars, including, he names a bunch of names, uh, and was attended by upwards of 100 people. An impressive turnout, especially considering the admission costs of two to $400. Hmm. A National Tea Party convention was also in February, not exactly a secessionist event, but a measure of the underlying discontent that's leading people to at least protest the system that they've been given and start thinking about alternatives. So what's going on? Asks uh, Kirkpatrick. You know, um, I just just to interject here, as, yeah. um, as you know, my job during the day is to make uh, sales calls to advertisers out there. And I was uh, talking to some gal who handles the advertising for an, a national real estate uh, company of some sort. And... She was, you know, she found out what kind of show we did and said, oh, have you heard about our governor, Medina, uh, you know, the, the the candidate for governor, Medina, mm-hmm. here in Texas? She wants to secede from the union. I mean, this is, you know, I just said that we wow. you know, have a show about peace, uh, personal responsibility. Um, you didn't you know, say secession. I didn't yeah. say secession. I just said that, you know, that, um, uh, and, and we had then some other line was put in there. She's, oh, you guys are like libertarians or something and, and like that. And so mm. she used that term. And I said, yeah, that, that's probably pretty close to right. And she said, have you heard about, you know, and she was, yeah. just, so began to talk about it. She was very excited about wow. her. Mentioned Ron Paul. Just interesting. Cool. Yeah, these are just people that I call. I mean, there's no reason why this person would be, you know. It's not a libertarian business, right? It's just a business. Basically, of course, says Kirkpatrick, it's the growing dissatisfaction in blue states as well as red and the purple in mobs, too, with a government grown too big, complicated and corrupt to function. It can't do health care. It can't do swine flu, stimulus payments, carbon limits, education, jobs, corporate bonus control, or airport security. But it can send 30,000 soldiers to the sinkhole of Afghanistan because Congress long ago gave up any role in military policy and the peace movement long ago folded up. But that's what presidents always do when they want to seem to be strong. Reagan invades Grenada. Bush. Panama and Iraq. Or Bush the first, rather. Clinton and Kosovo. Bush two, Iraq and Afghanistan. All for no reason than showing that they can do something in Washington. But there's more to it than that. There's a deep and fundamental perception that corporate America, briefly Wall Street, really is in the saddle and runs the country, and for its own benefit, of course. Very successfully, too, and with complete impunity. It cares nothing for public opinion and has no shame. Now, this may always have been true, but there used to be the accepted illusion that the corporations had some interest in making the people happy or prosperous. What's good for General Motors is good for the country, but now that the country owns General Motors, they make no pretense that they are interested in spreading the wealth at all. And it's because the public perceives it unconsciously, if not knowingly, that there is a general sense of unease and of anger. And I think in the absence of the government's uh, benefits, the perks that they provide these corporations, they would be much more friendly toward, uh, toward, their, toward the consumers and less interested in taking advantage of politically uh, sure. If the government wasn't involved, they wouldn't be able to run their competition out of business because, exactly. the, you know, the government makes it, you know, licensing and, and uh, you know, all kinds of rules and restrictions on people running businesses in whatever ways. And really what these are, you know, by and large are rules that make it difficult to run your own business and compete against these larger businesses. And so they're, you know, they're, they're the big businesses using the government to get what they want in the guise of providing the American people with safety and and quality and and you know consumer values and all that nonsense the toll-free number here is 1-800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll-free line and kirkpatrick sale uh, by the way as i understand it is also one of the folks involved in the vermont secession movement 
So there's a little bit more here to what he has to say and would like to get your thoughts as well at 800-259-9231. The more we talk about it, the more likely it could become a reality. So get the conversation started where you are. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, freetalklive.com. If you want to help support the show, you can become an amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. Cost you all of three bucks a month. Now, remember, we give you everything on the website, the brand new redesigned FTL 2.0 site. All of it's free for you. Go ahead. Take, the t- take a moment out and compare Free Talk Live's website and our features that we give away to the other, I don't know, go, to, go through the top ten talk show hosts and go to talkers.com and get their list of uh, the top talk hosts and see if you can find one of them. That gives away as much stuff for free as Free Talk Live does on our website. The entire site that you can access is completely free to you. Archives, chat room, forum, all of it, all for free. Live streaming. And we just ask you to voluntarily support the show. We take that three bucks in. We reinvest it into the uh, the program. We get on more radio stations around the country, bring more Internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. How many other... Shows are doing something like that. The 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 fees they're they're collecting for their little subscription services they have, they're going to pay their overhead. They're going to pay the, uh, the to run their operation because they've got so many employees and so much just you know office space and crap that uh, that they've got. This show is me and Mark and our wonderful volunteer uh, co-hosts that uh, that come in from time to time. So that money is all taken in, all three bucks of it, or $2.61 after PayPal takes its cut, or the credit card company takes its cut. Uh, All of that $2.60-some cents goes into, reinvested into the show, sending me out uh, next month to go to the Talkers Magazine convention and, uh, you know, press the flesh with the big wigs in the industry and be seen. It's pretty much just a who's who uh, schmooze fest, basically. Mark, you're not going to be able to come this year because you're going to be at the Liberty Forum, uh, which is going to be a lot of fun. And I'm jealous that uh, that you're going to the Liberty Forum every single night. I'll be, I'll be able to be at the Liberty Forum Thursday night and arriving like probably at midnight on Saturday night. So I'll be uh, I'll arrive in the midst of the partying, which that'll be kind of fun to come uh, to come into. But nonetheless, we're going to be split up, but the Free Talk Live amplifiers are sending me down to uh, the the Talkers Convention, which has been a very very good investment uh, for Free Talk Live. And indeed, the $3 a month has made a big difference because it's allowed us to pool it together. We got over 500 people sending us at least 3 bucks a month. Some people send more than that. Uh, but all we ask for is 3. And that money gets pulled together, and we reinvest it into the show. We, uh, you know, do advertising to reach out to radio stations, and of course, it's my job during the daytime to uh, to call these guys. And it's been an incredible 2010 so far for Free Talk Live, and it's all because of the the momentum that has been built by the amplifiers. Just this weekend, we added three brand new radio affiliates. And if you didn't hear, there's more about, on the way. Yep, there's. I got two. I got two new signed affiliates in the last two days. 
Yeah, it's been... <laughs> we've we've had more new affiliates in the last uh, you know few weeks than we had our our first couple years of syndication. So it's it's really starting to uh, to snowball and, uh, and you know it's snowballing mark and we haven't really had a significant increase in amp funds over the last year because of the kind of the economic downturn things have been a little slow. I mean the amp hasn't really grown significantly in the last 12 months. Well there's still synergy to it and um, right. you know Well it's the snowballing effect, you yeah. know, what, what one affiliate builds on another and it, you know to some extent uh, radio station owners and and program directors they feel safer going with a radio show that's been around for a little while. So you're going to get more affiliates your fifth year than you will your first five months. And that's what we're seeing happen. So thank you to everybody that, that gets behind this show financially at amp.freetalklive.com. We gave, give you some perks, too, to sweeten the deal, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, uh, the AMP-only uh, podcast, and more. Get all the details. Get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com. So a few more thoughts about secession here from... Uh, Kirkpatrick Sale from the Middlebury Institute in Vermont, one of the Vermont secessionists, he's talking talking about the fact that the secession uh, meme, the secession concept, is beginning to spread all around the country. It's going into Texas. Of course, there are a number of folks that support secession here in New Hampshire, and I, I hope to see a, a better movement uh, spring up within the next uh, year or so, hopefully, uh, because we need to see this happen. Some, some geographic landmass needs to uh, politically remove themselves from connection with the United States federal government as a proof of concept to show the rest of the world, the rest of the country, that yes, this can be done, and no, the federal government is not going to roll in tanks and start using snipers against the uh, the leaders of the secession movement. So uh, I, I look forward to the day when we can announce that somebody has, uh, some state has seceded. Even if uh, if they are going to use snipers, I'd prefer there to be more secession movements so that the snipers have to be spread out and, and they're the ranks thinned, you know. So let me give you a little more from Kirkpatrick. He's got a few more thoughts here at LouRockwell.com, saying that many of those people in this country feeling this unease and anger, of course, don't know what to do about it other than going to tea parties and shouting at town halls. But it's clear that a great many others are following the inexorable logical train that leads to secessionist thinking. The system is broken, and it cannot be fixed. Party including third-party politics, is part of the problem and not the solution. Armed rebellion doesn't have a chance against an apparently ruthless state. And the only way to change things and have a chance of a better world is through peaceful secession, getting out and not coming back. It has to, uh, it has to the virtue of seeming to be doable, not like revolution or regime change or socialism or any other variant of extreme politics. It's not that I have any great faith in the mass of people of this nation using logic, but it just feels as if more people are following this line of thinking these days than, well, any time since 1865. And I think he's right. I, you know, I, I'm for anything that has to do with uh, independence of uh, states in this union. It's become a bigger topic on this show in the last, you know, seven years that we've been doing Free Talk Live. When we've talked about secession our first year out the, you know, back as, as a local show in Sarasota, Florida, I don't think that would have crossed our our, uh, our minds. I don't think it would have. Do you think? I, I, I don't think so, no. I mean, it, we, what, what chance does Florida have of secession? I would like to point out that um, we talked about Texas and secession. Mm-hmm. Um, Lone Star Beer, which is a, you know, it's a big deal in Texas. It's not a big deal outside of Texas, really, but it's a big deal in Texas. Okay. Most, one of their recent ad campaigns is the National Beer of Texas. <laughs> 
Cool. So, so uh, you know, there they are basically, you know, making a, a, a point to, that, uh, you know, Texas could secede or something like that. I think I've, I've heard the conspiracy theory that Texas was never legally, uh, the, 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 you know, the annexation was never legally ratified or something like that. So Texas is, in fact, a republic or mm-hmm. I don't know. But more power to them. Let's go to your phone calls about what you want. Ampline, you're on Free Talk Live. Who's this? This is Dylan from Wisconsin. Dylan, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, I got three things. First thing, I've uh, been talking about secession, and uh, I recently just found out from uh, a friend of mine that uh, there was a secessionist movement going on in Wisconsin a while back. I'm not sure when, but uh, it was like the northern part of Wisconsin and the uh, upper peninsula of Michigan and also a portion of the northeast uh, Minnesota were talking about seceding and forming a state known as Superior. And it's just <laughs> I've heard it. I've heard of yeah, it. Yeah, it's, you know, because those people in those areas are a lot more, like, self, uh, self-sufficient, self I guess you could say, because mm-hmm. they're not in big cities or anything. They kind of just do their own thing. Yeah. And, uh... Well, You've got to be uh, self-sufficient to live up in the, you know, the, the hinterland. This reminds me of the, yeah. uh, the the state secessionist movement. This isn't actually secession from the United States. It's just a, a state separatist uh, organizations um, yeah. of of Jefferson, which is Northern Oregon. California and Southern Oregon. And I think that the the problem that those organizations have is that they're not only dealing with one arduous, difficult state bureaucracy to uh, to deal with, but in the case of what you're talking there with Superior, they're actually dealing with three. And I can yeah. only imagine. I mean, it's it's difficult enough to set an appointment with three people, um, let alone to try to get three governments to agree. Okay, you can secede and pay taxes to another organization, and we won't kill you or take your home. Well, yeah. if you got if you got enough people to get together and do yeah, it, yeah, yeah, you'd have to have enough. And I just I, I just yeah. think that you'd probably have easier time seceding from the union than you would actually Maybe. creating a new state out of three different probably. states. Uh, the, one of the other things I wanted, I just have a. A question here. Yeah. I'm not sure. I was looking last night trying to find like the number of people that don't pay their federal income tax. And I, all I could find was the number of people that don't pay because they have zero tax liability. You, do you guys have any idea how many people refuse, or is that just a number that they no would never release? It's I've right. I've heard a bunch of different numbers from 60 million to six million, um, and I think that the 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 number of of I believe tax returns filed and this is just coming off the top of my head is like 160 170 million, which is half as many people as there are in the United States, and that's really not even counting the illegal if people that are here illegally. What so, I'd say is if you love liberty and you don't pay uh, federal taxes as I do not, uh, come on up here to New Hampshire and join the club because there are ha- there are a number of folks folks up here that uh, that fit that description and as far as i'm concerned that's the first step on the road to secession that's declaring right. your own personal sovereignty uh, I, have, I have one more question if here. you do hang on we'll bring it back for hour number three more coming up you can bring up anything take control of the airwaves this is free talk live attention all active duty members and veterans of the u.s military your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. 
on your feet and get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, the brand new FTL 2.0 site, freetalklive.com. It's totally free. We're going to talk census here in moments. But first, we go back to Dylan, listening in Wisconsin. Dylan, you're back on Free Talk Live on the Amp Line. You had an additional question that you weren't able to get out in the last hour, so go for it. All right. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, during political discussion and whatnot between me and a few of my friends, the question always comes up when we start talking about punishing criminals. So whoever punishes them, you know, what is like what is a good punishment? Because I don't agree with you know locking people in cages, and I don't think it's ever you know the right of one person to take the life of another. I just can't like what what should be what should be done by either one person or a group of people to somebody who commits a crime like murder. Well, for me, the answer is easy, uh, I, and, and it's, it's the same answer for me whether we're talking about under a government monopoly uh, justice paradigm or a free market uh, competitive uh, market justice paradigm. The answer is that if there is a victim, then the victim or the people connected to that victim in the case of murder uh, should be compensated. There should be restitution paid. I, you know, I think that uh, society as a whole and people in general want to see some kind of punishment. I think that the uh, the system that we currently have of, of a penitentiary where essentially the victim um, is victimized twice because not only are they victimized, but the you know the, the survivors, I guess, in the case of murder, um, are victimized in the case that they lose a loved one, but they're victimized because they have to pay for that person to be in there. Um, I think that uh, I think that many people that are in prison without victims, Probably should, don't belong there at all. I think that uh, prisons could be set up, uh, you know, more like penal colonies where people could do work, especially um, in this age of, uh, of technology and that kind of thing. They can do work without coming in contact necessarily with the outside world, and they can. But still not make everyone money. deserves that. I mean, not every, so more, everybody. More of like an exile kind of thing, I guess. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. I don't think everybody deserves that kind of treatment, Mark. I think there are some people that How make many murderers. Mis- do you think? I mean, we are using the murderer example here, right? You went to jail yeah. for murder for nine years, and you did not deserve what happened to you. Indeed, but um, now you're talking about a world where the justice system would be incentivized in a completely different fashion. Currently, when or when I went to jail, the justice system was incentivized to put as many people in prison as possible and run people through the system. So they have uh, things like plea bargainings. Plea bargains do not uh, they do not benefit the the, the victim. They mm-hmm. do not benefit the perpetrator. They do not benefit society as a whole. They only benefit the court system, the prosecutors, and the, the cops, honestly, and really not the cops even that much, mostly the prosecutors and the, and the court system but if and, more, and if, the, the, the penal system as a whole. So if, if, the you, vic- if the incentives were better, you would probably see better results. Maybe that's true, but if the victim can get more money out of the perpetrator with him being on the outside well, well, of such about, an institution. people that are, like, 
like they have a lot of money, then what they they can just go murder people and pay off the victims' families, or well, no, because if somebody is uh, is a danger to society, then I would agree that they should be put into some sort of a restrictive confinement. I was referring to people that are of still upstanding uh, kind of uh, status that maybe made a mistake. Uh, that got caught up in a crime of passion or something like that, that they they truly honestly regret and are willing willing uh, to go about making amends on their own. I think that's a completely different situation right. than a than a right. madman, I, I Bill Gates. Too. I think I agree too that you know it's it's all it's different because I like like you said the crime of passion where like say if somebody were to hurt my little brother I I might want to hurt them back because that's my little brother you know and if I freaked out on him. And, you know, whatever came of that could be different than somebody who just cold blood killed somebody for no reason. Right. You're di- yeah, that is a different situation than, say, a Charles Manson or some, you know, a Ted Bundy, for instance. Uh, in, in your situation, I don't think it's right if you're upstanding, you got a job and all that, and you're willing to make those payments voluntarily, then I think that, uh, you know, or on agreement with the, the arbitrator, then you, you can make more money outside of an institution than you could likely inside an institution, which means more compensation would get to the victim in a, uh, a, a speedier manner. So I think it would all depend on I think who, that, who we're talking about. I, I think that if you're talking about, you're talking in this world where there would be sort of a free market injustice, and I think that likely right. what you would see is, um, you know, I, I've read some stuff on this, and I don't understand why Ian's not chiming in, and I'm not saying that I propose this, but if you're looking at this sort of free market in um, justice, likely what you're looking at is a situation where where an arbiter or a group of arbiters comes down with a uh, a ruling. If I decide to murder Ian, finally, and uh, then his uh, you know, the, <laughs> the people that that uh, you know are victimized by this, maybe the whole listening audience. I don't know. Um, they get some kind of ruling. Maybe maybe it goes to a fund, and then they can get uh, you know re- reincarnate him with the with the money. I don't have any idea what they can do. Um, they can but get their five cents. They can get their they can get their money out of this this fund, and they say that I need to to pay. And likely they would look at the the whole big picture of these arbiters and say that. Okay, Mark, you need to pay five million dollars to compensate the victims of Ian's murder, and um, I'd be like, I don't have five million dollars, and they'd say, Well, that doesn't really confront us. You need to have five million dollars, and you will give you, you know, a couple of hours to figure that out. But you're not leaving this building until we have some kind of payment arrangement settled, um, or you know, maybe they'd give me thirty days. Who knows? This is this is arbiters, and they they do this for a living, so they'd have some kind of better setup. Likely, they would. Um, there would be companies out there that would be, you know, do this essentially pawn shops for for your labor, your future labor, and they'd say, sure, we'll trade, uh, you know, five million dollars for your labor, uh, you know, doing such and such and so and so for this kind of period like an of time. Indentured servitude kind of thing. Absolutely true. Um, so you might be looking at a situation where, uh, you know, I five million dollars is a lot of money, and I don't have much to 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 put into. I mean, I don't have anywhere near five million dollars. I've I've got a home that I'm in debt on, for yeah. God's sakes, like the rest of America. So, um, for five million dollars, I'm not going to be able to turn big rocks into little rocks on some in some uh, you know prison compound in Arizona or something. I'm going to have to really come forward. So maybe they'd have uh, you know a gay porn indentured servitude that I'd have to do in order to get that kind of money. I don't have any idea. That's a great idea, Mark. I'm just saying that these companies, you know, then you'd be so into that too. Like, I, you'd be I'm, right. I'm really not interested. And at that point, at that point, with the like say in this situation where it was like an indentured servitude, at that point, this person has do they do they 
lose their rights at that point because they committed that crime. I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I mean, I'm sure there are going to be people that will disagree on this I, I, amongst liberty-minded folks. This is one of those issues that's, that's a tough one. For me, For me, it took a long time to really wrap my mind around. Uh, and the market for liberty helped out uh, a lot, which you can get for free at book.freekeen.com. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, what was your question again? <laughs> uh, you know, the, the people that, that have committed these crimes, you know, in this indentured servitude, would they lose their liberties to whoever their their? Yeah, I think that makes sense. If if you've be. taken away uh, the the freedoms of of someone, then I think it makes sense that you also forfeit uh, that particular freedom. In the same way, you know, when people, you can see this in action today when people exact justice instantly. You know, if uh, somebody's uh, raping your wife and you happen to be there in order to save her, you can exact the, uh, you know, the instant karma uh, on that person and, uh, and, you know, put a stop to it because they gave up their right to life. When they, right. uh, you know, when they assaulted somebody else, when they went after someone else uh, in in a violent fashion, they gave up their life. Kind of, kind of this, you know, the old eye for an eye thing. I don't necessarily, no, I don't agree with eye for an eye. I, uh, I, I don't. I'm just telling you that that's, you know, that's the the justification I think that uh, that makes the most sense in a in a self defense situation like that. I, I don't. Uh, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be uh, behoove anyone for doing something in in a situation like that. I'm just justifying for you why someone who would murder another person would not have uh, the same rights anymore. Right, and, and I guess I can I can understand that. You know, we're I guess from from my background, you know, I'm I'm consider myself an anarchist because I feel that all people are equal. You know, and obviously in this hierarchical system we have now, all people are not equal because certain people have. Uh, powers over others right and you know and so i'm just trying to we're trying to you know i guess formulate an opinion on you know getting your guys's insight and other people's insight formulate my own opinion most of my uh, most of my ideas come from the market for liberty it's a great book and also a complete liberty is pretty good as well i I think market for liberty gets a little more in depth on matters of justice market justice and that kind of thing but if you want to learn a lot about how justice might work in the absence of the government monopoly on the justice system then go to book.freekeen.com and pick up uh, one or both of those books they're both completely free in pdf form also audiobook form thank you for the call dylan appreciate the discussion there's more coming up here uh speaking uh, in fact we might talk to a former leo in moments this Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Stouffer's. Let's Fix Dinner. Find dinner ideas to bring your family together at the table at letsfixdinner.com. Juggling schedules so that everyone eats together can be tough. Try starting with one family dinner a week, whenever you can fit it in. Take turns picking the meal and have everyone pitch in. Working together will bring your family closer, even if it is just once a week. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including our chat room. You can go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. The best time is during the show or just before or after the program, uh, the live show hours at chat.freetalklive.com. Actually, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com. You can also listen and watch the show on the cam and chat at the same time. Uh, that's cam.freetalklive.com. 
Valentine'sDay.com. Well, Valentine's Day is coming up here uh, very shortly, uh, gentlemen, uh, certainly ladies too, but uh, you know, probably the guys have to worry more about giving gifts than, than the girls do, I, I think. I don't know. You can uh, go with the same old thing like candy, or you can try something new and different like baklava. It's George's famous baklava, and you can get it uh, at mandrik.com, M-A-N-D-R-I. K.com and it's uh, gr- the ingredients are all natural premium and it it tastes good as a result and it's shipped in a special container priority mail so it gets to you fresh and delicious you're going to have to order by uh, the 10th which is uh, tomorrow so i mean i think he'll probably take an order as late as the 11th but if you don't get it done then then you're not going to get it for your loved one and you're going to get it the same old candies and you know get the same old results so try something new at mandrick.com m a n d r i k.com the point of info i mean it, i think he will still sell it to you afterwards right it's not just a, a valentines oh only. it's it's not over you can't right. get stop he's not going to stop he's only going right. to guarantee the delivery of it, it by valentines day if you uh, you know order it by the the 10th or the you know he probably would get it out to you if it was by the 11th but you know that that kind of thing all right, we continue here. Uh, you can dial in, bring up whatever you want. Let's talk to Brad in New Hampshire. This is the man I was looking for, I believe. Brad, is this Brad Jardis? It sure is. Hey, Brad, we've got some pretty big news. I mean, should we break it or uh, should we leave that to you? Oh, man. I tell you what, you break it, I'll just sit here and I'll clean up the aftermath. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're talking with Brad Jardis. Uh, he's formerly of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. If you've listened to the show for a while, you've heard him on the air a number of times talking about the insanities of uh, prohibition and, and, and how we can you know work towards bringing that to a close. And you, you did great work uh, in your time, your 11 years that you spent as a law enforcement officer. Of course, we broke the news not too long ago, a couple weeks back, when you decided to to uh, dis- you decided to leave the uh, the profession of law enforcement, and there were various different reasons for that. I don't know how much of that you want to get into tonight, uh, but that's not really the purpose of uh, of your call. But just kind of uh, acquainting our listeners with who you are. Uh, you are no longer with law enforcement against prohibition because they kicked you out uh, because you were advocating that uh, law enforcement officers not enforce certain laws that, like in your case, you were advocating they not enforce medical marijuana provisions that would put sick people in jail cells. So you took a humane position and a very strong, uh, you know, civil, dis- civilly disobedient uh, position almost. And you were punished for it by being kicked out of law enforcement against prohibition. And, of course, you've been long pursued by the department that you worked for to try to punish you for even being a member of law enforcement against prohibition in the first place. You ended up deciding you'd had enough of working for law enforcement, and you walked away. And you went on a nice uh, week-long plus vacation in Hawaii recently. Is that all an appropriate recap? Yeah, that's a good recap. Uh, it, it's funny. I when I went out to Hawaii and I was with my sister and some of her friends, they kept calling me an albino because I was so white. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's what it's but like in a, New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, I was like, give me a break. I'm a Polish boy from New Hampshire. You know, right. I'm white. <laughs> that's how it is. Um, but yes, that's a, that's an excellent recap. Um, I was kicked from law enforcement against prohibition. Um, and I it, something interesting I'd like to point out is when law enforcement against when the advisory board of law enforcement and prohibition booted me. They booted me because um, the executive director represented to them that um, a post that you made, Ian, on your blog site, freekeen.com, mm-hmm. he represented to them that I was the one who made that. And then uh, on your show during your interview with him, when, when it was pointed out to him that, well, it wasn't Brad who said that, it, it was uh, a, a blogger, he's like, well, 
well, well, you know, everyone knows Brad's in Leap, so that's good enough. Yeah. So, you know, th- their their whole um, premise and logic behind kicking me, um, I understand their argument. Um, I think it's quite flawed um, because all I said was that law enforcement officers should read the Constitution and see what it says because the uh, political appointed lawyers that wear funny black dresses uh, have a tendency to twist things around and uh, law enforcement officers um, have a responsibility to the people, uh, not to, um, you know, political appointees. And if a law is in conflict with the Constitution, no matter what, a law enforcement officer should not be following what nine judges say. Because, you know, if you look back through history, uh, judges have said it's okay to discriminate people because of the color of their skin, and judges have also said it's okay to stick um, people in internment camps because they're Japanese, you know, and yeah. uh, and all these things were approved by the Constitution, they said. If you read the Constitution, it clearly forbids it. So, you know, all I said was that arresting marijuana users who use marijuana to treat um, to treat any type of sickness is unconstitutional, and I think anyone, um, any lay person who's got the gain who uh, reads the Constitution would would agree with that. So I'm no longer a member of law enforcement against prohibition. I resigned uh, as a law enforcement officer, and uh, here I am. Right, and so when we were talking on this program, we and by the way, we tried to get you on this show to talk about you, you whistling a little tune there, uh, Brad. What's going yeah. on? Yes, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Okay. Uh, so we, when we when we were announcing the news about you being kicked out of law enforcement against prohibition, we initially had wanted you to come on the program to talk about it, but you said you were under a gag order. You got some kind of lawsuit going on, and why are you able to talk now when you uh, as opposed to uh, a couple weeks ago? What what has changed? Well, I can't I can't precisely get into too many details about um, about what's going on with my former employer, that being the town of Epping. Okay, so that makes sense. That's what the lawsuit issue is. So you can't talk about that, but you can still talk to us about other things now. And before you seem less than inclined to do that, I just wanted to see if there was something else that that had, that had shifted. Yeah, no, I, I I can talk about um, I can talk about our uh, our new um, our new project up here, and I can talk about. Um, pretty much anything else except the particulars of, of what's going to happen between uh, myself and the town of Epping. But when that news comes about, I'll certainly be able to talk about that, and that's going to be big news as well, as okay. I'm sure. All right, great. Imagine. So as we were discussing on this program the idea that you had uh, been kicked out of law enforcement against prohibition and then literally a few days later uh, leaving law enforcement entirely after over a decade uh, working in as a law enforcement officer and all uh, the entire 11 years you worked as a law enforcement officer you were a street level uh, cop right yes I was uh, nobody particularly important um, I worked a lot of midnights and a lot of uh, evening shifts um, I never uh, applied for any type of promotion. I was just a uh, street-level uh, police officer. So you've got uh, you've got a lot of credibility, I think, with uh, with a number of people as uh, as a result of that. And uh, we were, of course, talking about what you should do. I mean, well, now that Brad Jardis, who is the only law enforcement against prohibition member who is at least publicly out, who is a current on-duty officer, that was one of the things that really made you outstanding in their organization. And so now I don't think they have anybody that they can claim except I think maybe a guy up in Canada. Uh, but we were speculating here, and we thought, well, maybe Brad should start up his own organization. Maybe Brad should launch, you know, 
officers refusing to obey or something like that. I, I don't know. We were speculating about that. And it turns out that you didn't launch your own organization. You've uh, allowed your name to be attached to an existing one that I think is going to be pretty exciting. And I want to bring you back for more. you got time, right, Brad? I hope so. Hang on. More with Brad. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. Facebook profile is available for you to become a fan at. Go to facebook.freetalklive.com. Click become a fan. You're done. That's facebook.freetalklive.com. And we've added the Twitter option as well for those of you who like to receive the tweets. Uh, Twitter.freetalklive.com. We'll get you there. And uh, you can go check out startpage.com. You can take their seven-day challenge. You can, for seven days, try startpage.com instead of your big brother search engine. All they ask for you is just seven days. And uh, you can experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines. After all, it is a search engine. And, but unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. If you use the little proxy button that's just beneath every one of the search results, you can then surf to the website without you know that website knowing you're there and cookies being put on your computer and uh, you know whatever what whatever might be uh, lurking about on the internet trying to see what you're doing whether they're getting marketing results or uh, looking to see if you're subversive it's startpage.com start their seven day challenge today well you continue here uh, Brad Jardis is still with us in New Hampshire formerly of law enforcement against prohibition and in my opinion, one of the most courageous cops I have uh, ever had the pleasure of knowing. It's been an amazing journey, Brad, that uh, that you have been on in in the past five years or so of, of your life, uh, coming to understand that prohibition is a terrible thing, that it, it ruins people's lives far worse than the uh, products and services that are actually prohibited. And coming to uh, not only understand that, but actually then come out publicly against it while still employed as a police officer is a level of, uh, I think, courage that most cops just don't have because they're afraid of uh, the consequences. There are many police that uh, that agree with you, but are too afraid to come out and speak out about it because, well, they're afraid of being targeted, as you were. You were indeed targeted by the uh, the police department that employed you. You became uh, victorious, though, because I think specifically of the amount of public support you had from liberty-minded people here in this state. Uh, would you say that that was the the major factor in why you managed to uh, retain your job after they tried to... Whoa, Brad? Uh, yeah, hey, I, I, I think it was a huge factor. Uh, I mean, the, at my termination hearing, I mean, there were anarchists that were there. I mean, anarchists show, turning up to show support to a, uh, to a government police officer. I mean, that's kind of... It's rare. That's kind of a... Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a very unique thing. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I don't think um, for anything but the kindness and, um, um, 
respect that people have showed me, uh, people specifically in the Free State Project and in the, in the Liberty Movement in general, and people like you, Ian. I mean, you have, uh, I mean, you've become a, a very good friend of mine, and you know, uh, you you allowed yourself to become my friend, even though I used to have a job that you that you vehemently opposed. And only through your kindness and you know the the education and your awesome radio show have I sort of come around to understand a lot of the things that that people who support the liberty movement understand. And um, yes, I mean they came after me really good. I mean at my termination hearing they they called me crazy. They said I was a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> I mean and, I mean seriously, anyone who was there, um, my police chief said I'm a lot. Uh, excuse me. He said I cannot be trusted. He said I can't testify in court. Mm. Um, I mean, they tried just about everything they could to, to fire me, but the selectmen, um, after the board heard all the evidence, voted to not fire me. Right. Apparently, and, you could have been trusted and uh, heard from in court just fine for the last ten years before it came out publicly which department you worked for, because they didn't have it in for you until there was one news article that came out about a year ago that uh, essentially outed you as working for the Epping, uh, New Hampshire Police Department, and that was really the first time in your career with law enforcement against prohibition that that had really come out, and that was when all the trouble started. So apparently, before that one newspaper article, you were completely trustworthy. <laughs> well, they, I mean, they were pissed, uh, and, and the police chief made it very clear to me that I was an embarrassment, quote-unquote, um, excuse me, that, that it was embarrassing um, to have me um, part of LEAP uh, and out speaking. And one thing I'd like to point out about LEAP is that uh, LEAP certainly enjoyed all the publicity that I gave them. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in fact, there are now some high-profile members of LEAP in New Hampshire uh, who heard about Leap um, because of me, because of this one, you know, one cop out in the middle of nowhere who uh, keeps showing up at the state house. Um, but what's interesting is when the S hit the fan, so to speak, uh, when I got suspended back in August, um, Leap really, Leap really didn't do very much uh, to help me, with the exception of a few individual members of Leap who uh, who contacted me. The actual organization seemed to not want to have anything to do with me until. Until uh, it was determined that I won the appeal and I didn't get fired, then he was like, oh, let's post articles about how one of our officers didn't get fired. You know, I mean, <laughs> so needless to say, so- I was I was kicked from leap yeah they don't um, deserve you clearly uh you know and and you've risen above them at this point and our suggestion of course was well brad needs to do something else now i mean yeah you could just enter into the working world and you had an opportunity and you have an opportunity and you might go and do that anyway but now you've got a new opportunity uh in front of you and it's uh, it's from the cd evolution fund civil disobedience evolution cd org is the website which has been redesigned uh honestly the cd Evolution uh, organization and website has been fairly dormant in the last, well, since its creation. I mean, we yep. talked about it. It was a great idea that was uh, actually started by a, a listener of ours, uh, Richard, in, in Germany. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he gave us the idea and sort of uh, put the seed money towards it and um, told us to take the ball and run with it, as I recall. And um, we, we attempted to do that. We formed a board of, uh, a board of directors. And we've which done includes... some stuff with it, but we haven't, uh, you know, done... Well, let me, let me recap here just generally what has happened in the 
last uh, the last year or so uh, for for CD Evolution. We did about a year ago, Mark, uh, decide to start f- sending funds from Newegg.freetalklive.com. Yes. Uh, when people go and they buy their computer parts and uh, technological technological stuff uh, from Newegg.freetalklive.com, one to two percent of the sale is donated to CDEvolution.org. So that money's been coming into CD Evolution on a on a monthly basis, and I think it it amounts to a couple hundred bucks uh, a month. And there were a handful of folks, maybe less than a handful of folks, that had uh, had decided to pony up uh, monthly contributions. I think there may be two of them left at this point. And I don't blame them for dropping off because there really wasn't much to talk about. There really wasn't much to, to tout. Uh, we really weren't doing everything we could have been doing with uh, with the organization. So we, you know, had the occasional board meeting, and from time to time, some some folks would get arrested last year, and CD Evolution would send some money into their commissary account. We used some money to uh, offered some money to uh, to a lawyer who was free a free stater lawyer to uh, to help out with some advice. He turned down the money, and he helped out for free, and he's a great guy. And uh, looking forward to working with him more in in the future. So there has been some action, but it hasn't really been like we're going to tout it from the rooftops that we sent $50 to somebody's commissary account. I mean, it really didn't seem like the the biggest thing to uh, to be to be discussing, and and we didn't really have the website wasn't really set up for that kind of thing either. So. A couple weeks ago, Brian Travis, who's one of the board members of CD Evolution, sent out a, an email to the rest of the board suggesting that you know it was really time to start kicking this thing in gear. We've got more activists here in New Hampshire now. More civil disobedience has started happening, especially with the advent of the 420 celebrations within the last six months. Uh, so things are kind of uh, kicking up around CD Evolution. It's time for us to step up and you know take things to the next level. Right, and the the the, the people that want to stop uh, civil disobedience, the the people in the government, they have a very efficient system for keeping people from doing it. If it was cheap to do civil disobedience, a lot more people would probably yeah. do it. But when you're talking about going to jail for who knows how long the possibility of losing your apartment, uh, you know, your your mortgage payments, uh, you know, all the other bills and things that people have when they aren't at work. It's a it's a pretty big deal. So the CD Evolution Fund isn't really the kind of, you know, being able to give somebody a couple of candy bars and, and whatever in, in jail is fine and everything. But that's not really the idea of the of the organization. Absolutely. So, Brad, we uh, the, the board decided to actually you were on your own starting up your own group just happened to be the same week uh you after your vacation had decided to start up a group to raise uh, to fundraise to hire an attorney to defend free uh, liberty activists here in new hampshire and to uh to you know engage in suits against the state and and things like that and of course this was something that cd evolution had wanted to be involved with so we decided that we should combine our efforts and uh, the the board of directors of CD Evolution has uh, essentially voted to bring you on board as executive director. And if you can stick around, we'll bring you back for more. And I'd like you to tell us about your vision for what you want to do. It's Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. I've got a question for Brad Jardis. The new executive director of the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund 
He's with us. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can, for instance, learn how to contact your local talk station to help us get on in your local market. If we're not already on, if we're already on uh, like a Saturday night gig in wherever you live, call and talk to the program director and thank them and then ask them for more Free Talk Live. And if we're not on, as we are not in most markets, uh, you can contact your local program director and ask them real nice to add some Free Talk Live. And there are instructions that will help you at localfac, localfaq.freetalklive.com. That's localfaq.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, Brad Jardis is still with us uh, in New Hampshire, the the brand new and first ever uh, executive director of the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. CDEvolution.org, a brand new website, has launched uh, within the last 24 hours or so. And the new site is uh, it's it's better. It's got a blog feature to it. We're likely going to be adding some sort of forum uh, feature here in the coming days. Brad, I know that you just put up a Twitter account. Is is that twitter.com slash cdevolution? Yes, sir. That's it. And how are we coming along on getting the Facebook uh, page going? Uh, well, we sort of, uh, uh, as I came back from Maui, we uh, sort of had a bunch of ideas that we're putting together all at once. And I think that within a week, we're going to have uh, quite a few things uh, going, um, including um, some speaking events um, that are going to be getting scheduled for myself. Um, so in a short amount of time, I think we're going to come a very long way. Yeah, I, I think that uh, there's been more activity uh, for uh, for the CD Evolution Fund within the last week than there has been in the last year. And I love this idea of public speaking, Brad. I got to say, it tickles the crap out of me. The idea that you're going to go to to Lions clubs and and tell these uh, these oldsters that uh, you know that civ- it's th- it's time for civil disobedience. The government's gotten too big, too arduous, and this is the only way we can handle it. Please donate money. I can't well, wait to well, see how that goes. Yes. <laughs> well, well, first, I'm glad I can tickle you from afar, Mark. And se- <laughs> secondly, uh, secondly, um, what the message that um, that I'm going to be sending on behalf of the uh, CDEF is not that we specifically support people who break the law, but it is the fact that if you contrast um, things that have happened um, as far as social injustice, if you look back through history, nothing has changed without civil disobedience. And that, that starts with Jim Crow laws. You can go even further back to alcohol prohibition. Women's um, suffrage. Woman suffrage? Absolutely. The fact is, and there's a lot of people who are very political. There's a lot of people who are very, very into civil disobedience. And some of those people, um, they poo-poo the, the, the opposite side of the coin. But the, the thing is that a lot of people don't, uh, don't seem to understand is that civil disobedience and political change have always gone hand-in-hand throughout history. And I'm hoping very much that... Um, you know, I've already been asked to speak at the New Jersey um, uh, Libertarian uh, Convention coming up in March, right. uh, and I'm going to be uh, working very hard at getting myself booked in, uh, in different venues, whether it's local Rotary, Lions Clubs, or things like that. I'm hoping that when people, um, I, first I hope that people will be intrigued enough to uh, to allow me to come and speak, and I'm hoping it'll be along the same lines as when I used to speak for law enforcement against prohibition, when they hear, hey, oh my God, here's a cop who wants to legalize drugs. What's up with this? Mm-hmm. Well, now it's going to be, oh my God, here's this guy who just three weeks ago or two weeks ago 
um, ended an 11-year police career, and he's now leading an organization um, that wants to support people who do civil disobedience. You know, what what does this guy have to say? Right. And, um, you know, I'm I'm working on uh, developing my my standard spiel, if you will. Um, But I I think that all that is necessary to show people why supporting the CDEF is important is if you help them sort of uh, what, because what we lack today is perspective, uh, perspective of history. The, the same way we look back 40 years ago on how despicable we treated African Americans, I truly believe that 40 years from now we're going to look back and we're going to feel the same, the same uh, disgust for how we treated people who, say, for instance, decided to use drugs or, or uh, people of the same sex who wanted to get married. I mean, there's so many things that, that in the future history is going to look unkindly upon, but these social injustices um, need to be fixed, and they need to be fixed by both um, people who are willing to do civil disobedience and by people uh, who are willing to fight hard in the political system. Um, so yeah. what, essentially, what essentially my vision for CDEF will be is this. I think that um, what I'm going to be doing is focusing on uh, raising funds and convincing people that we're an organization to support. And what our organi- organization will do, um, our ultimate goal is to have a full-time attorney. And this full-time attorney, this, this attorney's sole job will be to represent um, various people. We obviously uh, will we'll do this on a case-by-case basis, but we intend to uh, have this attorney represent um, activists um, who have broken victimless bad laws, laws that are immoral, and also um, ensure that any person who decides to engage in civil disobedience, that their constitutional rights are protected. Because there was recently an arrest uh, in Manchester of, of a, a gentleman who you had on your show uh, named Mike Tyner, uh, mm-hmm. Big Mike, um, and anyone who watched the video, I mean, I watched the video and he had absolutely no criminal intent. He accidentally brushed into a police officer's arm and if you don't have any criminal intent, or in Latin it's called mens rea, then you haven't done anything wrong, but yet he was still arrested and thrown in jail. And yeah. I think, and I think a lot of people would agree, that if we had a full-time attorney who, whose job it is to, is to represent um, individual cases of, of, of liberty activists whose rights have been violated, the state, the state of New Hampshire and federal government, they're going to have to stop and, and realize that if they break the rules, we are going to have an attorney um, sue them and, and pursue them. And this is going to cost the taxpayers money. And the bottom line is government all comes down to money. And when they start realizing that it's going to cost them a lot of money in litigation and in payouts, they're going to be forced to respect people's constitutional rights. Well, at the same time, it puts them on notice that, look, you know, this is a group of people who you do not want to tangle with. Absolutely. I mean, it's been it's become difficult for them already just from the perspective that they're now dealing with people that are willing to go to jail for the acts that they commit. But having an attorney, you know, go after them with civil lawsuits and things like that is going to take the uh, it's going to take the whole situation to a level that it's never been at. And uh, you're right. I don't think they're going to be looking forward to that very much at all. So it's a really exciting goal. But there's more to the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund. That's just one of the major fundraising goals. Of course, uh, you know, we're still looking to put money in people's commissary accounts to make their stay in jail a little bit easier. Uh, absolutely. A- absolutely. And, and hopefully, um, hopefully, um, with enough support by um, people who understand that what we're trying to do is um, 
change the society in a way where the government is less intrusive, less oppressive, and less tyrannical, hopefully with the support, um, we will become uh, uh, strong enough, if you will, or well-funded enough where if someone gets, uh, someone gets put in jail um, for a victimless crime, um, I mean, that's a person who can't earn money to support their family. Right. And on a case-by-case basis, we can review, uh, you know, we can review each individual case to make sure that, you know, we are offering support to people and their families to make sure that people don't lose their houses because yeah. they, they become um, victims of the state's uh, uh, needless aggression. You know, make a mortgage payment for them or something like that. Or, you know, it could even come down to helping organize people because, like we said, we're going to have forums. So, you know, it could come down to helping organize people to go and feed a cat or something like that. I mean, so this really... So this really is an exciting organization, and I've always been excited about it, but now it's you are going to be able to take this to the next level. You've got the time. Uh, you've got the drive. You are really excited to come on board, and, of course, we're really, really glad to have you uh, as well. And, of course, we're going to be talking more about CD Evolution in the future on this show, and I hope, Brad, that you know, you'll make a point of whenever there's something happening uh, to come on Free Talk Live and to tell our listeners about it. I mean, we'll do it without you, but we'd rather have you come on to do it because it's always fun to talk to you. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, it is my intent to uh, become very active and uh, get speaking um, all over the place in as many places as I can. And also to keep, um, to keep uh, you know, we really want to be an organization that responds, um, that responds to the people who support us. And we want people to know um, exactly what it is, what we're doing, and how their, con- uh, you know, their donations are making a difference. And uh, one thing, uh, one thing that I want to make sure that we implement is that we have a way where people can donate completely anonymously. Because there's a lot of people, for good reason, who um, who are afraid of the state. Because look, I mean, if you if you if you work for the state and you speak out against yep. uh, one thing, I mean, look at what happens to you. And that's you know, it's understandable. So we want to make sure that people who want to help make a difference, who believe in liberty and believe in freedom. Brad, we're out of time, in- my man. I, I am with you, and I'm so excited that you've just gotten started as the executive director over at cdevolution.org. The donation links are right at the top of the page, and you're going to be posting a blog post to kick things off here shortly, so folks should go and add them to their aggregator. And we'll see you tomorrow night online at freetalklive.com. Sarah Palin has captured our attention and electrified America. Her new book, Going Rogue in American Life, is a runaway national bestseller. Newsmax.com has an incredible offer for you. Get Sarah Palin's new book, Going Rogue, for just $4.97. That's a savings of $24 off the cover price. Plus, you'll get four months of award-winning Newsmax magazine absolutely free. Newsmax magazine covers the tough stories the media just won't report and has great writers like Bill O'Reilly, Dick Morris, Mike Reagan, Dr. Laura, and Ben Stein. Dick Morris calls Newsmax his favorite magazine, a must-read for every American. Get Sarah Palin's new book, Going Rogue, at an incredible price. For just $4.97, save $24. Plus, get award-winning Newsmax magazine absolutely free. This is a no-risk, no-lose offer, but we have a limited number of copies. This offer won't last long, so you must act today. Call 800-NEWSMAX, 800-NEWSMAX. Call today.